Like there's these jeepers around here called infidel jeepers. Have what you is seen that? them? I don't know what that is. It's like a jeeper gang. What's a jeep? Like a jeep gang. A jeep gang? <laughs> like a jeep? The car to the jeep? Yeah, like like they off road, I guess, in jeeps. Jeep gang. Yeah. Okay. So like that's an example. Right. But, there's like, a jeep. Gang. Okay. But, like, it's like plastered on the top, and it says infidel. Could be an episode jeepers. title. And whenever I see it, I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm not God, a jeep. Why would they say that about themselves? <laughs> like, why would you self-identify that way? Well, hello, friends. Uh, we have so much to talk about, but I just, I don't know whether I have the time or energy because uh, Medina Wilson Anton is here and she just brings the energy up. So I, I feel like I can't go in the sewer and, and, and really rip on some people that I'd like to really give it to, but maybe we'll, <laughs> maybe we'll get there. We're keeping it positive. Yeah, we're trying to keep it positive. We love that Delaware way, don't yeah, we? Yeah, cynicism and nihilism. I don't know. It's kind of fun, but. We can't do that. So, as you heard, we have a, we have a special guest. We have a, a hero that's going to stand up in the 26th RD in Newark. Uh, she's worked as a public administration fellow for the Institute for Public Administration. She's been a legislative fellow in the Delaware General Assembly. She's been a legislative aide in the Delaware House. And she is currently doing uh, postgraduate work uh, as, an assistant in policy, as an assistant policy analyst for the University of Delaware's Biden Institute. Um, Medina Wilson Anton, thank Hi. you. Hey, thanks Hello. for having me. I'm, I'm I'm tickled pink that you're here. <laughs> um, and can I just say, um, Rob knows how to put on put out a spread because I was not expecting like a four course meal, but appreciate the hospitality. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, we did we did have a, a light meal before we came up here, but um, not everybody gets that treatment. Carl can attest. You got, um, to, no, to be perfectly honest, um, like when we were, when you were going to come over, I sort of mentioned to Carl, like when somebody's going to step up and really do something important in the public realm, um, uh, for our team, um, like I, I want people to know that it's more than just, um, like talking or like <clears throat> you're on the team. Like it's not, you're just coming up to talk to me. You're doing something important. Um, yeah, of course. I mean, <clears throat> I got into this sort of working with Eugene a little bit and having Eugene and his staff over and, and Drew, and that's how I met sort of everybody and kind of got into this. Um, we did the same with Carrie, and we had activists here and that lived here um, to do it. And, you know, some people are fun, and I want to talk to them, and I want to be hospitable, and I want to be a good host. But some people are like... Um, they're like family. They're more important because they're doing important things. And so, yeah, I'm glad you, I'm glad you came early and I'm glad you spoke to nurse Susan and, uh, I'm glad Isaiah's here. And, uh, Shout and yeah, so the, yeah, for real. The hubs. Well, I appreciate that. And Hey, the food was delicious. I wish I skipped lunch. <laughs> what ate more, <laughs> but appreciate it. So before we get into some fun stuff, because I have a couple things here that could diverge into, sort of other things we were talking about today, some social media fucking drama and other things. Um, the way we usually start is like background. So yeah, you're a Newark native. Yep. Um, you're from here. What, what, uh, how'd you grow up and, and like, uh, what, what were your experiences and sort of how you got into what you studied at university and how you got into this kind of work? 
Sure. So I grew up in Newark, outside the city limits. City limits. Um, so I'm I'm a suburban girl, and I actually used to joke about that a lot because working in Leg Hall, as one of the few Black people on staff, people often assumed I was from Wilmington, and they'd be like, "Oh, you know, off of the street, that street," and I'm like, "I'm from the Burbs. I don't know anything about that." Um, but I grew up in in Newark, kind of close to Bear. Um, and from a young age, I really liked languages and, and diversity and learning about different places. Um, and so for a while, that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to be an interpreter. And when I got to UD, that was my track and soon realized that I wasn't going to get that fluency where I'd really be able to compete. And I always liked politics and, you know, helping people. So I thought, well, why don't I learn more about that, do international relations, stick with the languages as like a added skill. Um, but that was kind of what got me into politics. And when I graduated from undergrad was, uh, 2016. And so that was a year where a lot of the diplomacy and all that, that I learned in, in school kind of went out the window. Um, and at that point I was working down in Dover part-time as a legislative fellow. And I really saw the, the amount, the, the impact that you can make on your community at the state level. And that was what inspired me to stay involved. Yeah, I'm really interested in that, actually, because <clears throat> I, I read um, <clears throat> an example of one of the impactful moments that you described as a legislative aide, and I'm hoping we can like explore a couple of them. The one I yeah, read, sure. the one I read was um, about a, uh, a European delegation or a delegation from the EU coming and doing a talk about uh, sort of the, the, you know, the tax haven that we run here as the, the Luxembourg and the Mid-Atlantic. And you were sort of privy to the reception that this this EU delegation got about sort of how we make our money here and what this is really based on. And that was that's something that I'm always harping on. And I wonder if you could talk about that and also if you could talk about some of the other things that might have sort of motivated you to take it a step further and say, you know, I want to really make a change with the things that I'm seeing about that. Yeah, so so the the experience you're talking about was when I was working as a legislative fellow for the Senate. And so I was still in school, um, was working there part-time, and they sent an email out to all the staff saying, like, this delegation from Europe is coming, and this is going to be so great, and they're looking at our little state, and we should, you know, everybody stop in and say hi. Um, so me and a couple other fellows at the time, we sat in on this hearing kind of a setup, and you know, some of the legislators who were at the table, I remember, were like, have you guys seen our beaches? Have you guys checked out, you know, all there is to see in our state? It's a beautiful state. And the delegation was kind of like, yeah, we're not here about that. <laughs> um, and they're like, well, why are you here? We're here because you guys have been helping to fund all these nefarious people around the world and we need to put an end to it. And it was just quiet. And... I remember sitting in the room and I just I was shocked, but I was also kind of like, yeah, like somebody's telling them, you know, and like they flew all the way out here from Europe to say, like, get your ish together, you know. Um, and I remember texting like we had a we had a fellows chat. I remember putting it in the chat and everybody was just like, whoa, like, what are they going to say? And the response was, well, we have a, you know, aging population and we don't want to tax our seniors and this is kind of how things work here. You don't understand. And it was embarrassing, to be honest. I, I was embarrassed at that point. Um, 
Yeah, it's telling telling people from the European Union they don't understand how tax havens work. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I wish I could have been there. That's actually pretty funny. You're telling some motherfucker from Luxembourg he don't know how tax havens work? <laughs> Sorry. Pardon me, but, I mean, I can understand your embarrassment. Yeah. It was not the best moment. Um, and, you know, I worked there for a couple years, so that's one example that I can add to a list of a lot of examples of times where I was embarrassed, honestly, by lack of preparation, lack of, like, insight from a lot of folks that are in office. And I just knew at that point we could do better. And so to answer your second question, frustration is what's inspired me to, to make this run. Um, knowing that we can do better as a state and knowing that there's a lot that we need to do to make life better for everyone who lives here, that's what's really inspired me to, to just give it a shot. And, you know, hey, I can I can post <laughs> with the worst of them. I can get in the comments and get down. But at this point, I think it's I'm either going to step up and try to make a difference with my time, my energy, or I'm going to stop because, you know, they talk about our generation all the time being these slacktivists and like posters and stuff like we can make a difference. And so we're giving it a shot. It's interesting you brought that up because two things. Number one is I think <clears throat> there's a there's an ageism and sort of a thing about age that people have, and it, it cuts both ways. And I think it's important that, and you've already sort of addressed this in, in a great way, I think. <clears throat> so we can touch on that in all in all seriousness. But I also have to say, um, yeah, the online thing is is pretty funny. Like I I actually treat it with utter disdain and contempt and i think people are sort of surprised by that like they don't understand what i'm what i'm trying to do and what i'm trying to do is is basically just ruin it like i'm trying to like just throw it into the gutter because it's it's worthless and i do notice though that online especially in the local sort of online left cynicism and nihilism and sort of like memes and stuff are like funny, like that's cool for like that's for the for the youths. Um, but if like if you if you um, sort of challenge that, a lot of times as an older fella, what I'll get is like the the you mad trope, like mm. the you mad mean, like 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 are you mad? And I'm like, I mean, uh, first of all, I love all I because that's from the uh, that's from the guy from Dipset on Bill Ro Bill O'Reilly, right? The Cameron. That's a, the original thing is the guy from the, the diplomats making fun of Bill O'Reilly on Fox News like 10 years ago, I think. I mean, I could pull up my phone and know your meme, but See, I don't <laughs> I can't I can't confirm that. That was my thing. And so I get why it's funny. I, I love Dipset. <clears throat> but it's like I think there's a there's a um, there's an incredible misunderstanding. We sort of talked about it a little earlier downstairs is like. Yeah, it's funny to sort of deflect and say, like, you mad or you mad right now and I'm laughing and all that. And and it's funny because I'm not mad and there's a there's a people misunderstand hatred for anger. And there's a very um, there's a political journalist, the late political journalist, Alexander Cockburn. Uh, used to ask he was a leftist journalist and he used to ask people when they came in to write for his publication, how pure is your hate? And I think people misunderstand that, like, yeah, my hate's extremely pure, and I'm not mad. Um, I'm, I'm, 
I hate what's happening because I've identified sort of systemic things that are putting people in a situation that they're in and people make fun of it. And I, I don't, I don't like that. Um, but the difference between that and being angry is I always fall back on the Cornell West sort of line where it has to come from a place of love. Like you have to feel emotionally connected to people to look at the system and say, yeah, you'd rather run a tax haven here than build homes for homeless people. You'd rather cut corporate taxes than make sure that addicted people or that the mentally ill have health care. You'd rather keep taxes low so the elite and the professional managerial class can send their kids to Tattnall and Tower Hill than actually fund schools properly instead of some capitalist scheme, embarrassing capitalist yeah. scheme. And that's honestly, and that like that's, that's where like, I'm and, and, and that's that's I think the difference and I don't know whether people sort of make that connection at all. Yeah. I mean I think that you're you're getting at exactly why that experience was so embarrassing. Because it's like you can make those arguments at the local level and people, you know, they make excuses. Well, we have to do this. Oh, we have to, we can't, if we do this, businesses will leave and all that kind of stuff, right? But it's like these folks are on the other side of the world and they're saying that we have a hand in human trafficking. You know, we have a hand in regimes that are killing innocent people. Like this is like a world impact from our local legislation. I, I don't really know how else to put it. It's It was, like, devastating. <laughs> um, so I, I get I get the hatred, for sure, for the way that things are. Um, but I would, I mean, I, I'm not an ideologue in the sense that I don't really know all the um, elite, you know, people who wrote and stuff. I, I, I'm not a learned person in, in this ideology oh, you, you thing. Probably so are, you're, you're like quoting journalism stuff. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but I, somebody, somebody, <laughs> peaked, somebody peaked me today. So I wrote a bunch of stuff. Okay. Down, so. <laughs> like I would say I am angry and anger can be a positive. It can be a, a benefit. That anger is what fuels me to keep going. Cause it's easier for me to just sit back and like let the world happen and, not take a stand but that anger is what gets me up in the morning to go and try to make a difference you know and it is love that that fuels that too because i care about my community i care about the families that live near me and the families in the state and to know that we can make things better that's that's where my anger comes from because it's like it doesn't have to be like this and a lot of folks down in dover it's like well this is what we got to deal with. And well, the chamber is never going to agree to it. And such and such is going to, and it's like, they're not the ones in office. <laughs> like nobody voted the chamber in to represent the 26th or the 21st or whatever district. What we got to do, so Rob, I know you like dialectics, is that the importance of this race is that we are resolving the contradiction between mad and actually laughing. And that's what Medina's talking about. <laughs> Is you got to have that this, love, this, 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 and you, you know, got to have that anger. Mark's, Mark's <laughs> never considered this, but I think you might be right. Yeah, I think that is the ultimate dialectic. Yeah, is mad or actually laughing, and there it's a synthesis there, and we're there finding is. it. There's two political power structures pulling against each other. Yep. 
holy shit, we just broke it down. <laughs> yeah. I hope there's at least one listener out there who's just as confused as I am. But there are several. <laughs> no, there's more than one. You can rest assured. Rest I know assured. I'm not the only one in the room right yeah, now. Yeah, we just but. talk about a bunch of crazy <laughs> Mark shit in here sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I. You know, yeah. that's a problem I have though. Like personal problem I have with a lot of like lefty spaces is I feel like you have to have like majored in leftism or something to have a voice. You're not it's even like, read Gramsci. Jeez. That's like, see, I know that guy's name because it's all the time. So here, like, here's, Gramsci, this, here's, Gramsci, that. I'm, like, I'll, I'll, I'm going to give you a two sentence thing and then we're going to get off of this. Gramsci <laughs> basically was talking about uh, sort of building coalitions with folks so they could build a hegemony to go against the established hegemony. Oh. Okay, now that we're taking that, that's, that's, we're done with that. There you go. Okay. Um, <laughs> What? I can understand that. So why are we saying it in a way where people can't understand when we're trying to build Well, this is exactly the perfect because point. Because people want to seem really smart. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. I was trying to seem really annoying. So that was... <laughs> it works. Yeah, that's yeah. the difference. Well, so Carl, here's a, here's a funny thing. This, is a, this will be interesting to talk about. Um, about a week ago, Carl put out uh, like a, a, a thread of like two or three tweets that was basically what you just said. It was like, you know, if, if there are important things to try to understand that are complicated yes. on the left. However, if you're making an argument that, you know, is something you talk about with the 20 people in your leftist circle or mm -hmm. you had to read a certain book or et cetera, et cetera, it's probably not a good argument to be making. And I think that's sort of what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I got into it the next day with some leftist friends because they put up a post about... Um, how uh, some leftist, quote unquote, leftist men in their group were w what you would call class reductionists. I don't know if you're familiar with that term, mm -hmm. but it, it basically means like. <laughs> Sorry, <basic> listeners. <laughs> no, you don't. If it's, it's actually better that you don't. If you're okay. familiar with that term, you probably have a very sad life. Like yes, I do. it's not good. It's not <laughs> like you should take pride that you don't know what that means. I do not know what that is. Well, basically, it means like if you're if you're talking about issues in a left space. Um, some people say, well, there's no, there's no, um, nothing more important. There's nothing exists more oh, than class. Oh, I know. So it doesn't about. matter about racism no, no, or no, sexism no. or trans or Identity whatever it is. Identity politics are the worst. Identity so it's, it's all comes people, down right? to this class thing. Oh no, I don't like that. And the argument that I was making was, <laughs> I'm doing it again. Oh, by the way, listeners, so, I'm black and Muslim. So all wait, about what? those identities. Hold on. All You're, about those identities. You're, you're black and Muslim? I'm black and Muslim. Oh, boy. And a woman. What? <laughs> so, I, had no, I had absolutely yeah, no idea. I'm all about identity politics. That's the only reason I'm running. <laughs> if you look in the comments, that's what you'll, you know. Don't look in the comments. No, no. You no. can't look at the comments anymore. anymore. No. You're not allowed <laughs> The early to. comments were, oh, so what does being Muslim have to do with anything? Is she going to rule by the Quran? Is she going to be a Sharia law person? Are you going to are you well, going to answer Sharia, yes. Sharia law? Yes. Oh no, no I, 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 I hope have you looked was, at the platform. It was what party are you running? Yeah, what on? ticket are you running on? Democrat, Republican or sh or Sharia? No, Islam. Or Islam. Okay. Sharia. The, Islam. the famous What's, Islam is ticket. Islam? Okay. The famous that famous ticket that is yeah. I don't know if you know that. I mean, you're you are a Delaware native. I don't I don't know if Isaiah is a he Delaware is, native. Yeah. What you'll learn in this area is we have a lot of dumb people. <laughs> there we we are replete with dumb fucking dummies. I don't 
know if we, you know, as a state, have a higher percentage than anywhere else. I think I just feel it's like just it's smaller. so it's so insular. It's that, yeah, that so it makes it worse. It's yeah. sort of the impact of it is worse. You run into them at the grocery <laughs> store, and you have to like walk by them. Yeah. But I will, I will give you the opposite too. I think because it's smaller, we also have really great interactions, and I would say more times that. Like I think most people that are in the comments are like not from here. <laughs> It's like, all Sussex people, <laughs> for the most part. And like, Lin I always Linda go Sarsour, when Linda Sarsour retweeted our um, like announcement video or something, it was just like immediately all the Islamophobes from like the East Coast were just like, awesome. okay, guys, yeah, all that's, right, that's fun. You're just like lying wait for every Linda tweet. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. It's it's sort of like people, and again, the class reductionist thing is like. You can understand that there are issues that you have to address and take them seriously, um, but you don't have to focus everything on like you're like, yes, I'm a Muslim woman, okay, la di da. Like, I mean, it doesn't. It really has no. It's like when I get what you're saying now. I know the class reductionist folks because they're the ones that try to like. They're like the opposite of intersectional. Like, like kind of yeah I class mean, in a, in a is sense, incredibly right, yeah. important but if you talk about u.s and class most people that are just like the disproportionate amount of folks that are low income are black are brown like i mean i get the like argument yeah. but you can't you can't you know look i at think it some people action. feel like if you make that argument for example i make a concrete example and i think you have an opinion about this I have opinions uh, on everything. I love that. <laughs> it's going to make for a good show. <laughs> um, di- so, um, student loans. Disproportionately. Di- right, exactly. <laughs> Disproportionately, um, uh, women of color mm-hmm. have, like, the, the biggest burden proportionally about student right. loan debt. So, a, a candidate. And we also have one of the highest attainment rates of, of um, degrees. That's true. A candidate could come. That's fair enough. Don't apologize. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. I'm cutting you off. Go ahead. You're not. Um, And so, if a candidate or a political person would say, "My view is that we need to abolish student debt. Here's how we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to charge these these fees and these taxes, and we're going to basically do what is a What's a, what, what is an economic stimulus mm-hmm. by giving people who need it the most a stimulus and cancel student debt. <clears throat> now, you're doing that for, a, for everybody who has student debt. It disproportionately helps right. certain types of people. Um, but if you don't, some people believe if you don't make that sort if you don't uh, sort of foreground oh, that that you are saying about. well it's sort of like the argument where people say well are you going to pay off the student debt of millionaires yeah well they don't have student debt or the anyway. other thing where people are like oh well bernie didn't say anything about reparations that means he doesn't care about black people it's like all That's his a, policies yes. <laughs> would disproportionately help black people like do we need to really like like i get that well I if you yeah, break you need- up the banks would that end racism it could probably not You just dropped a bomb on everybody. No, I I'd never thought about that. Hmm. But that's sort of like that, that's, I mean, that was the famous Hillary Clinton line. Yeah, that's the, the that's debate. the classic. Oh, really? Yeah, that's yep. the classic argument. Like that yeah, was her argument against breaking up banks. Fun though, fact: that's I thing. did not really watch any of those debates. Oh, you, you shouldn't have. They were awful. You didn't miss anything. And I think that's all I missed was that line right there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's this idea that you have to like. 
to 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 Carl's point, it's like Bernie will say we're going to break up the banks and we're going to you know propose these uh, these things, and you know somebody might say, well, that's not going to stop Islamophobia or yeah. racism, like. Yeah, I get. I understand right. that. Like, I'm not an but you idiot. Know what? But like, but, but you have. But these are the these are the packages I'm gonna that are going to. Say something crazy, Rob. I'm going to say something crazy. Oh, I love this. If you give people a job, if they have somewhere to live, if they don't feel like they're struggling to get by every day, maybe they won't have unfounded hate for their neighbor who's doing better than them because they're doing fine. I mean, sure, it's not going to like turn off Islamophobia overnight. But we know by looking at human history, people that are not doing well financially look to someone else to blame. Well, this is literally something that we had a personal experience with while knocking doors. Right. You want to keep going? Uh, do you want, I can tell the story. Because um, it's, it's great because it sounds fake because this is sort of yeah. like, I think you used this in your stump speech. Yeah. Um, but... We'll, we'll sort of pull the curtain back to show the whole story because the stump story version of the speech is a little bit nicer. So um, we, we were knocking. Om- we may have omitted some parts of the story. Yeah. Um, so you're getting effect. the sneak peek right now. Um, and I think we could also use this to talk a little bit more about Glasgow courts in general. Yeah, sure. Um, cause, so we were knocking doors in Glasgow courts, which for those who do not know, it's a um, manufactured housing community down by Bear. Uh, it's right off of set Route 40. Mm-hmm. Um, and situation is that, um, a large portion of it has been cleared. And so it's literally just a bend right now because, um, the owner, Kelly DeSabatino, look up Kelly DeSabatino, um, one of the famous DeSabatinos, um, decided that she was going to sell the land off, uh, throw everyone off, uh, and build over it with a mixed, uh, mixed use community. Um, so there's a lot of people right now that, Basically, at any any day, they could get a letter saying that, like, in six months, you got to be out of there. Uh, and so we were knocking that area because we want to, you know, talk to the people. It's also a heavily Hispanic area. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, immigrants, both documented and undocumented, uh, but also some, like, some white people, some black people. Like, you got yeah. a good mix. And a good amount of seniors, I would say. White yeah, like a very good amount of white seniors. Uh, so, I'm trying to think how... The full story is funnier. So, funnier. so we can we give the full full story because I would love to. Uh, let's do the full full story. Tell the goddamn story. It's really good. Um, <laughs> Hopefully, we don't get sued for this. So no, that's um, fine. We're not going to use their so, name. So, so, so we go up to this house, and you can hear birds chirping because this person owns birds, pets. I'm like nothing wrong with that, um, on its own, and you know she invited us in. Which was nice. It was pretty. I want to say it was hot, right? It was pretty. It was fairly day. hot because so it was, was back like, in August. Cool. All right. Um, and she was really nice. She was like introducing us to the birds, which was interesting. And your dog. Um, one of the birds she like cussed at basically because she ate one of the other birds' toes. It was it was a lot. There was a very mean bird that uh, harassed all the other birds. Yeah. Uh, that she told us about oh, in great detail. Oh, and her detail. dog. Her dog excitement piece. So she was like, yeah, and the dog also ate one that. of the birds. Don't do that. It was really interesting. But but the point was, she's a retired veteran and told us point blank, if I get that letter in the mail, I will be homeless because she can't afford rent anywhere else and her home's been there for too long so she can't move it. A lot of these homes that they call mobile homes are not mobile. Like after two or three years, they're not they're not stable enough to move. Yeah. So she told us that. 
which was like heartbreaking. And she told us another story of a friend of hers who died in her trailer and no one knew. And she was there for days. Like horrible stuff. She also told us about the illegals that live in her neighborhood and like kind of went off on that and like she had a very like, lot of very specific stories about like people mooching off of food stamps and oh how many people must have been living in that house like yeah. it, was, it was it got really rough and like they that <laughs> so i was with two carl and another person on the team and like afterwards carl's like you did a great job you didn't like argue with her because oh man i wanted to argue with her like so bad a couple times because yeah. like whoa like what are you talking yeah. about lady but also like she does have pro like those are real problems that she has right and you can tell by the way she frames it that the only reason she's got a problem with people from another country coming in here or whatever is because she's not doing well like it's very obvious yeah. and she was very nice to me and she actually um warned us not to come back alone because the night before somebody like Shot, shot gun, off a shotgun and, in the air and she's like you're muslim right <laughs> like yes I, I think i think i present as muslim yes um and she's like you know you got to be careful around here especially you <laughs> especially <laughs> especially you. you and i was like okay so like she wasn't islamophobic i guess um so that's something yeah no she no, was I actually not. very I mean, she, accepting i would of say that. that she i mean obviously not having been there and like <clears throat> sort of reading her cues, but it just even sounds like, even though she kind of, you know, went off and started talking about all of this other stuff, doesn't sound like she was at all. Like, she didn't have, you know, she was sort of gracious with you, and yeah, even she said, yeah. she, she saw, was like, she was I like, oh, you're, you? you're, like, you're, you're Muslim, and, uh, like, she didn't say anything about other than that she recognized that. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, she even, like, sort of implied it was, like, a good thing that a Muslim was wearing. Like, she seemed... Positive oh, she about said it. positive things about China too, which is more than you can get from our one of our senators. Um, but she was saying she was talking about how and, and <laughs> Rob's like, "What are you talking about? I love that. Where is this going? No, I love um, all this." But she was like, she was talking about how we've really forgotten our seniors in the state and in the country, and how um, unacceptable it is that someone like her, who served her country, who's paid into all of our, you know, systems, social security and all this over the years, can't afford to live somewhere stable. It's unacceptable. She's right. You know, and some f fucking real estate asshole can just decide, oh, I don't want. And so more background for Glasgow Courts. So this decision to sell Glasgow Courts came after like years and years of absolute horrible treatment. Um, so at one point when they were moving the, this one set of trails, so if you go to Glasgow Courts now, and actually we're probably, like, as time goes on, we're probably going to put more about it on, like, our Facebook and stuff. Yeah. Um, and you can, like, go on, like, if you look up Glasgow Courts, this is all that will come up, is that, um, so a few years ago they moved these, um, the, the homes to um, accommodate for more room, but now it's just sitting there empty. Uh, and they broke, like, a bunch of them. Like people yeah. did not have water, well, people did not have heat. Well, because she had her husband do the work, who's yeah. not qualified and didn't know what he was doing, and it was like it was in the winter when people. It was in the winter. Have... People went for years without heat. Yeah. And so basically, up until 2019, like this year, they had like thousands of unpaid fees from the county, and basically, uh, God bless our local press, um, WDL reported the hell out of it, and they raised they raised hell about it, and this year. Um, local government finally got their shit together and the taxes are all paid off just in time for this woman to sell off the land. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. like okay. another, another, uh, sorry, another 
experience with this. So my introduction to this was when I was a was when I when I was an aide working for the house, and it was like because it's a county issue, technically, it wasn't really like within our you know like whatever, and it was like either the day before or the day before the day before the meeting that they were gonna have with the community explaining like where the process is and what's gonna happen if she does sell the land and what programs there are for you, which like there's not that many, but like what what could help? And someone who shall not be named was like, well, last time we had this meeting, everybody who spoke Spanish didn't know what was going on. So they left confused. They didn't know if they had a home or not. They didn't know what was going on. And so that like infuriated me. And this person's like, we should probably get an interpreter. We should probably have someone. No shit. Excuse my French, but like you can you can uh, you can swear on her. Duh. What do you mean it's you fine. should have an interpreter? So then it becomes my job to find an interpreter to come to this meeting that's after like in the evening and like the next day or the day after. And so it I couldn't find anybody, but I got a friend of mine to come and she interpreted. But it's like it's that much of an afterthought. To communicate yeah, like if this you know the important matter to people who live there. And if you've spent like five minutes walking around that neighborhood, you know immediately that you're going to need a Spanish interpreter because there's a lot of people who they don't speak English. Like, but they're still members. Right. They still have house. They still rely on this community. Like, it and doesn't make sense to exclude them just citizens. because of that. Like, it's not like yeah. this, like, you know, like, not we, we it, go there and there's yeah. there's tons of names that are registered to vote. Yeah. <laughs> like, they don't speak English. And, but they also don't get the time of day from people that should really care. This brings up another thing I was writing about today. And not that it matters to me <clears throat> what their status is because they're human beings. Right. Um, but I've noticed something else online. And since you guys are the youths, maybe you can like let me know why yes, this I'm is happening. I'm a youth with no life experience. You know what? We're going to talk about that. <laughs> we're going to talk. We're going to talk. That's from about when that. I was reading the comments. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to, we're going to discuss that. Mm. Um, but I see this, um, I see sort of this uh, little, like this little trope or this little thing that happens online is when people talk about programs or ideas to help regular people, working people, poor people for housing or whatever it is, mm -hmm. they always say, yeah, these people just like it because they're going to get a pony. They use this euphemism like, like Bernie's going to give you oh, a pony. Oh, I, I saw this one. So every everything is about like this pony. And Why what, is it always what ponies? Pony's a weird one. Because well, because like, that's what mommy, kids always I ask. I want a pony. Like right. it's supposed to be and what it, derogatory. It's also very gendered in that. Uh, well, what it, what it what it yeah. shows to me is and is this. Place in hell. What it sh I think you're, that's exactly what I was going to say. What it shows <laughs> to me is an incredible like contempt for working people, for for uh, for low income people, for the poor, for mm -hmm. you know, everybody. Because it's basically saying like, yeah, you know, you want help. You want housing or health care. That's like a pony. Like, it's like special. Yeah. Like, I have it. You don't. You want it because you want free stuff. Right. But I already have it. And so this framing about how it's like a present, it's like mm. something you don't deserve. Yeah. Right. It's very expensive. You don't deserve it. It's a pony. Yeah, you, you have to I, work I, for that. I, it's actually Dude, it's grandpa's got to work for that. Yeah, it's it's illustrative of a of a real <laughs> contempt for regular people, and I and it's 
I guess you're going to come into it because I know you have tons of sort of like programs where you're like, this. these are the things that we should be looking at. You know, if you think, you know, it's just, I thought about this today. You have a person who's making, you know, seven fifty, eight dollars eight fifty an hour, um, trying to... 825. It's supposed to go up, I think, 875. For everyone, but, you know. Let's just say you're making $10 youths. an hour. Yeah, except for the youths. The youths don't get to get paid. And people learning. Thank you, Mike Ramone. Boat Stephanie Berry. Uh, yes, definitely do that. Um, y- yeah, it, 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 if you look at somebody and think, yeah, they're making $859 an hour, and, you know, paying them $15 an hour is uh, tantamount to like giving them this unbelievable gift, this pony. Well, you know the market. It's really, it what? really says a lot about the person. It says a lot about the person who's saying that and not a lot about the person who's getting the pony. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. It just says that the person saying that, you know, believes that the market will allocate resources as should they should be, you know? Yeah, should the, be. What does it say? The... um. The guiding hand. The invisible guiding hand. hand. The invisible yeah. hand. If you're going to quote Adam Smith, we, we might have to ask you. Oh, did I mention my husband's an econ guy? Uh, mm. Here we go. Troubling. This is very true. <laughs> Chicago school, Mount Pelerin, yeah. all that. Yeah. Well, so it's funny. Um, Lots of stuff to get out of my forget. We're re-educating him. Don't worry. Because there was um, a Delaware connection there, because um, I was really into uh, Russ Peterson a f- couple of years ago. The, uh, the comic? No, the um, the former Delaware governor from 1968 to 1972. Of course you were. Okay. Um, because <laughs> you gotta, you gotta I gotta read one of those Delaware. Into. <laughs> I, I got like, into college. I'm like the guy I, who does comic, like stand up, the Indian guy? And I, I loved um, going to the library and just finding random stuff. And so I found like a history of Delaware. And it talked about Russ Peterson and how he got elected in 1968. And he was a Republican DuPont guy, which is like the worst thing you could imagine. But he gets in there. He pulls the uh, National Guard out of Wilmington. It had been in there for months. So we were occupied for, well, we I was not around back then. Um, occupied for months. He pulled them out. Uh, he helped pass the Coastal Zone Act. Uh, he was a huge environmentalist. And so... I got really interested in this guy, so I, I picked up his autobiography. He died back in 2011. Uh, and he talks about the invisible hand of the market, but he also talks about the invisible foot, which then comes back to kick you. Whoa, what? Um, and I don't remember the specifics. I don't want to put too many words in his mouth, but he was basically like, yeah, the, well, and I don't maybe don't agree with all this, but he's like, yeah, the market's good at allocating stuff, but like it has bad effects too, and you have to like take efforts to fix that. And so like if the market is paying people a starvation wage, you got to fix that. Everything we see is a right now, whether it be a 40-hour week, a weekend, um, the fact that we have workplace safety regulations, none of those rights were given by the market. They were all fought way. for and won. Right. Yeah. Agreed. None Agreed. of this is natural. That's the role of government. Hey, the, the government fixes those problems. <laughs> yeah, see, and this is Shouldn't another... I think them. this is an argument that per- sort of perpetuates that people don't really understand when you have these fights online because there's a... There's a... Um, there's a school of thought that thinks government should be able... should be there to sort of curb some of these injustices or or whatever. And some of... Some people, like, like, I, like I do, I think... That the system itself, I'm very skeptical of using the system that did this to get us out of it. Hmm. So the system that created 
rampant homelessness, wealth inequality, people who have to ration uh, diabetes insulin. The system that created that is very likely not going to get us out of that. That's what makes me very skeptical of people who have very um, detailed plans, like technocratic plans. Yeah, I get. This is why I'm skeptical Hello. that people don't really <laughs> understand that. Like, if you're gonna go, if you're gonna, if you're gonna um, identify systemic issues that create the system that we're in, then what is required is systemic changes. I agree. I mean, look, you're reminding me of a, this is, it's almost the same thing, but a little bit more broad, I guess. When people say, this isn't the America I know. This isn't, this isn't how yeah, we they were don't founded. Know. Correct. They don't our know. Our founding what fathers would never, and it's like, our founding fathers own slaves. Let me say that again. Our founding fathers own slaves. And matter of fact, some of them raped their slaves and then didn't claim their children. Um, so that is what our country is founded on. That's not to say that we can't get better. I think we have. But that whole idea that, oh, we just got to go back to the way it was and everything will be fine. No. Make America <laughs> great again. Yeah, no. no, that's exactly it. People have this idea like if we just <laughs> would fall back to these first principles and do this, like yeah. do the market the way it's supposed to be done. No. No. We have to appreciate, and, and again, I I, I actually see didn't want everyone's vote like, to, oh, the electoral college and the founding fathers. They, <sighs> yeah, well, they didn't want you to to directly elect a senator, uh, let well, alone a president. I was just going to ask you. We'll, we'll get to abolishing the the U.S. Senate uh, soon enough. That's that's probably <laughs> that's a that's an advanced class, but I'm <laughs> I'm actually totally behind that. This campaign is not issuing an official statement on the abolishment of the U.S. Senate. Uh, the, uh, the but Medina, I will do that. The Medina, sooner, <laughs> the Medina campaign sooner, has no official position on that. I will sooner talk about that than I will the filibuster. Do not ask me about getting rid of the filibuster, I, Rob. I, I, why would you say? <laughs> why would you say I would do something? Because like that? I've were heard you listening you to me. me? Yeah, I was going to say, dude, were you listening to me when I, I was? I may have done my that? research. I'm not going to go on a show I haven't listened to. <sighs> yeah, I, I just, um, I, I it, it's, it's really difficult. When um, you talk to people, and, and this is a, this is something that I've talked to folks just recently about this, about the Delaware General Assembly. Um, most people think, well, this is how you sort of need to be to work within the, the system and the process that's there to go along. And my, my position would be that that's the process got us into this problem now the difference is convincing people who have benefited from that or continue to benefit from it that's a real problem that's the trick right um but there's systemic issues that really need to be addressed and they're not going to be addressed by like calling a task force Ugh. they're not going to be addressed by like waiting 10 years to do something um you know if you can't look at the situation that we're in with underfunded schools, for example, and mm. say, well, I mean, we have to have these LLCs because we have to have a tax haven here. So I don't know. If that's a first order thing, <laughs> then you're never going to fix the right, schools. Right. Just say, I don't want to fix the schools. I want to make sure that oligarchs yeah. have a place to launder Please money. Please don't make Just say person. that. At least it's honest. Right. Like, <laughs> it's funny you mentioned task forces, which, so probably my first assignment when I started working for the house full time was to staff a task force. Um, and it happened to be the task force that was 
set, was created to explore consolidating the school districts in the state of Delaware. And so everybody kind of was like, huh? <laughs> you got the worst thing ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> welcome you, to the team. You're like, you're new, you get every shit detail. <laughs> yeah, like, have fun with that. Um, woo, slightly triggering. Don't really want to think about these experiences. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, we don't need another task force or working group or commission or consortium or whatever with a bunch of acronyms or named after someone who was amazing to figure out what's how to fix this problem. We already have the data. The problem is not a lack of understanding. It's just a lack of will to actually make it happen. Yeah, and I saw that. I saw it firsthand. I remember people saying, well, yeah, they're right, but that thing's dead in the water. And something that I saw a lot working down there was they have this whole, like, it might be part of the Delaware way. They have this method, which is not to bring bills to the floor if they don't have the votes to pass a lot of the time. And so stuff that people don't want to make, they don't want to take a stand on it. So then there's like 10 guys who don't want to take a stand on it. So then they'll be like, well, it doesn't really matter if I have an opinion or not because it's not going to, it doesn't have the votes, it's not going to hit the floor. It doesn't have the votes because nobody's, th- it's like, <laughs> what? Yeah, so, it's so funny. Uh, and they're like, uh, an elected official had this conversation with me last week and said, you know, because I said something like, you know, what? nobody even stands up to say it's wrong. And the people who do stand up are like, are like persona non grata. They're like that person's weird for saying something, and this and this person said the same thing. Said it's a trick, right? Because if you don't bring anything to the floor that isn't going to just pass or or whatever, then there's no like formal debate. Everything's right. behind closed doors, right. and then nobody has to say in public what they really think or what they want to do. That's why someone who someone who I worked with closely when I was in the house told me something, and and this person gave me a lot of advice, and I really respect this person for that reason um and he said you know it's theater it's theater when you see everybody stand up and oh i think this and i think that everybody already knows where they are on it because they've all already talked about it and they've talked about it it's theater and that's not what we send them down there to do we don't (laughs) the people do not deserve a show they deserve the truth and I'll give the House credit because the Senate, man, when I was there, at least the Senate, they'll vote on bills and then they'll come back changing from yes to no, from no to yes, from not voting to no, from no to not voting. <laughs> it's like you don't even know what the count's going to be at the end because they all look around and decide what's everybody else doing and then they come up with their opinion. It's to go with the theme of today, I'm going to say it's cowardice. <laughs> So funny, it's you, you, really you must cowardice. have read my mind because as you're as you're saying that, I'm thinking, somehow I'm the coward. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about uh, this. Another thing I've talked to a few different people about, and I had this conversation uh, yesterday with some activists. Um, in the in the in the past couple of years, we've been able to make some inroads and you know flip some seats. Mm-hmm. Um, win some elections where we got sort of a candidate that's more sort of of our mind. Um, so what you're but, saying is we've ripped the party apart. We're dividing yes. the Democratic Party. I mean, well, the Democratic Party as it stands, 
I mean, they're lucky we just rip it apart. Which we should do is just <laughs> stuff it in a bathtub and drown it. Oh drown my god, it. Rob! Sorry, Jesse. We come don't on. talk like that in Delaware. Jesse, come on the podcast. We don't talk like uh, that. Anyway, Jesse, <laughs> which Jesse? Well, if we were talking about the Delaware Democratic Party, just guess which one I was referring to. You, you can't do that. Jesse's cool. I know. I'm cool well, that's Jesse. well. That's why. If you notice, if people notice, here's a, here's a little tip. So we're gonna we're gonna take a little thing. Here's a little editor's note, a little inside baseball. When I mention people like that, like Jesse, come on the podcast, I do that because I know that he's cool and he may come in here and talk to me and we can have a nice conversation. If I don't mention your name, I know you're a loser and a dork <laughs> and you won't come in here. So that's the little trick, see? Okay, now back to our regularly scheduled program. Take that, Pat Toomey. I don't I, Pat I no. we've never mentioned his name in here no. so it's quite possible that you know mm. you harbor the, some secret hatred for PA him. guy Pat Toomey yeah well actually it's probably not so secret hatred he's not a good guy no he's a he's piece of shit running for no, he's like a, he's, he's like a reactionary senator from Pennsylvania right yeah he's the one who um joined the who beat the uh Hillary Clinton clone in 2016 oh right Katie well, McGinty yeah oh. right that was a tough one that's Why a tough, would you clone take a lot of tough beats. Mm. Yeah, that's, a, that's an okay. excellent question. Hmm. So, so the, the the thing that I've uh, had conversations with folks about is um, this idea that you know we've people who think as we do have won some electoral some some statewide electoral seats, um, and that's great. <clears throat> but one thing that we've sort of not done as well is. Knowing on day one what to do when you win. Oh man, what do you do? Oh, you're, you're getting at my pet peeve, man. Yeah. Woo, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I can talk about this without implicating the person who said it. Did anyone we'll just say it, it and we'll go over it. No. Yeah, uh, we'll just beep it. <laughs> beep. So um, then they said beep. Yeah. So well, I'm just gonna say, if you're running for office. Might be a good idea to have an idea of what you're gonna do when you get there before you win. Just gonna put that out there. Is it easier said than done? Or no. do you feel like no. you're why no. would you run for office if you don't have a plan? <laughs> if you don't have anything you want to change? Not fair enough. Why would you run for office if you haven't put any work into actually coming up with a solution? We can all sit around and talk about problems, but I mean I'm not getting much reaction here that's but good i feel like that's pretty simple i mean, I I mean there's a lot of photo ops down there that you know it's harder to get if you're not elected representative yeah i mean i'm sure you look like somebody who really is just looking to get into a photo op with the governor no I once think, upon a time <laughs> yeah no i think it's more like even if you even if you you know are able to win your election you know inshallah you're the new you know, representative. Can we talk about your tattoo now, since you said inshallah? Or... We can. <laughs> so just so you all know, he said inshallah, but he does have a tattoo of kafir on his arm. So uh, there's some ikhtilaf happening here. I don't really understand. Inshallah, inshallah is just like a figure of speech. Mm. just means, you know, it just isn't it just a figure of speech? I don't have mm. to believe in Allah to say inshallah, right? Is that I mean, true? it's a free country, but like it doesn't really make sense, you know, because it, it basically means um, if God wills, right? And yeah. So God willing, right? Yeah. And like, but isn't it just like a figure of speech? It. Like, 
Well, so it has become that where people say it because they don't want to say, no, I'm not coming to your party. Like, they're like, yeah, yeah, I'll be there, inshallah, yeah, yeah, inshallah. And you're like, you're not coming. <laughs> like, oh, like it's kind of an excuse. Kind of. Oh, see, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't understand way. it that way. Yeah. No, I'm glad you told me that. I'm not going to use it now. But, like, traditionally, you're supposed to say that before. Like, like I shouldn't say I'm running to be the next. I should say, inshallah, you know, with God. The only way I can win is with right. God's So you're power, not being presumptuous. Will. Like yeah and yeah see yeah. I I think I know bad I think most of the Muslims <laughs> I know are bad I think that's the problem most of the Muslims I know just play cricket and they they curse and stuff and so well you know we're we're taught not to judge anyone and only Allah can judge so I'm I'm very judgmental <laughs> I have a lot of I'll tell you what I have a lot of problems with a lot of people I kind of got the sense that that was the case Rob yeah. <laughs> So yes, you You're know, I, the replies, I, you know? I oh God. but you know what? I appreciate that about you, Rob. I really do. Look, I, I always want to jump in and then I see Rob's already come to the rescue and I'm like, you know what? Now I can be a good candidate and not getting the replies of Delaware liberal or whatever. Oh, Twitter. Yeah. Well, look, like, <sighs> as I said before, I, I uh, always follow the Malcolm X axiom of uh, sincerity one? being my only credential. So you got to jump in. I mean, you gotta, I got to. I got to do it because I'm not going to stand for it. You have to jump in. She does not. Correct. Carl's saying that as my campaign manager. <laughs> yeah. And in the interest of full disclosure, uh, super producer Carl is also uh, the campaign manager. If you I haven't think gathered that by now. I think everybody knows that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure everybody knows Carl's that. Carl's the man. I'm like, have you met Carl? And they're like, oh, yeah. Carl's the one who produces that show. Yeah. Yes. Rising star. I'm like, I know. Brilliant. Rising star. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the difficult part, what I was going to say, is having a strategy going in. And I, maybe that was offensive. I apologize for saying that because now I feel like. No, I, no, no. Sorry. I don't. No, no. I'm not. I, yeah. Like now I'm like, why did I say that? No. People um, say it because they're like, people. <laughs> I just use it. I, I don't People know. will be like, Assalamualaikum to me, like in the store. I don't do and that. I'm like, like, Assalam. And they're like, yeah, I, I did it. I said I said you know, that they're Arabic, just trying to you know and like know. I appreciate it so I don't want you to feel bad but like I mean it's, I did it's, notice it's, the kaffir on your arm so I like, yes you did but like. again it's not it's a whole it's there's a context to it that's so can you explain it because like as someone who went to Islamic school from a very young age and is pretty religious it is a little weird to me you know so so what is the context what's the story the story is, and, and again, I probably, if I had to do a lot of stuff, I have a lot of tattoos that I probably wouldn't get them today. However, the important thing about them is I got them when I got them, and I always remember why, so that's like the lesson. Okay. Like, I'll give you an example. I have my ex-wife's nickname tattooed between my shoulder blades on my back. <clears throat> Now, most people would say, oh, you never get a woman's name. But I don't. But, well, they but, don't believe in real love then, those people, hey? No. See? Tattoos are actually hot arms, so like, I'm not I know, endorsing tattoos. But. That means forbidden, everybody. See? All right, Rob. Oh, no that's, shit. that's two out of two. <laughs> three out of three, actually. No, no three. Yeah, three out of three. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, not that I'm keeping score. Salatha? <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was, it, was, it was this idea. It actually came more from... It was supposed to speak to Christianity and, and sort of everything, um, like this dogmatic, sort of irrational dogmatic thing. Mm-hmm. But then people look at it like a sort of Islamophobic thing because yeah. it's in Arabic. 
so again, I probably chose the wrong <laughs> thing this to is say. The problem it. with irony, you know? I know. <laughs> again, this is why I don't do that anymore. <laughs> but yeah, so it yeah. was. So like, here's a funny, not funny, but yeah, it's not funny. But um, <laughs> so um, Islamically, we're taught that the Antichrist, when he comes, will he'll have that written across his forehead. Infidel. Yeah, Kaffir, yeah. yeah. And so, like, and, like, true believers will be able to see that, but other people won't. Folks, <laughs> I think like, I think what Medina's really trying dying. to say, folks, you should consider a patronist because I'm the, I'm the Antichrist. <laughs> I think what she's trying to say is I'm the Antichrist. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> no. But oh. what I'm saying is I'm sure there's plenty of Muslims who will see that and be like, oh, my God. Like, and they'll start, like, reciting Surah Al-Kahf and just be like, Allah. If I ever see somebody, like, if I ever see somebody do that, I'll be like, it's okay. It's not. It's, it's I'm not, not the Antichrist. It's yeah. just a. It was you a might thing that I did. Look into like laser treatment. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so, I don't know. Come on. But I mean, if you're if you're a class reductionist, then at the end, it doesn't really matter. I'll so. tell you what. I'm taking a lot of heat here. <laughs> taking a lot of heat. <sighs> this is what happens when I get comfortable. Just you know. Speak my mind. I'm sure Carl's gonna edit most of this out. Cause Actually, if it's if it has to do, put, first oh. of all, if it has to do with me, he's not gonna edit it out. <laughs> I don't know. There's there's some good stuff. This is funny there. because it's funny when <laughs> when I make fun of a guest or I make fun of another person by name or we make fun of somehow all of that gets cut out. <laughs> when somebody shits on me, somehow it's always like it's always perfectly like right there. I mean, how am I gonna cut out someone calling you the antique? Like, that's <laughs> fair. It's Man. fair. I'm no, also I'll considering you, uh, I, <laughs> infidel jeepers as a um, t- a name, but it's I not see relevant them all the time. I'm surprised you guys haven't. Seen I have them. never seen. Them. I think I just ignore it. I will say this though, you know, I should be I should be more like some, and I've I've actually talked about this briefly with with Carl, so I should be a little more upfront. I did uh, sort of flirt with. I mentioned um, uh, Alexander Cockman earlier, and there's another. Uh, political writer of that time, Christopher Hitchens, who I also followed, who wrote a lot about uh, the rights of uh, the Kurdish people. He did a lot of, um, wrote a lot about Cyprus and just, just different things that okay, I was interested okay. in. But he was also sort of known as a strident atheist. Hmm. And so I, because I and, and so I followed that guy. And so some, some of that has to do with sort of my feeling about about him, say fifteen years ago, he's he's dead now. Uh, fifteen or twenty, uh, fifteen or ten or fifteen years ago. And what's happened over, say, the last, I don't know, ten years, is that these quote unquote atheists on the internet mm-hmm. actually wound up being despicable people. I, I will say I appreciate the fact that you learn lessons. Yeah, because I'm too young to have learned any lessons. I knew it. Um. <laughs> Look, Mama, I made it, Mama. I hope, I hope. However, this comes out, I hope that people appreciate how freaking funny you are. Thank you. <laughs> I've been trying to tell my sisters this for years, years. Okay. Oh my God, that's I have, funny. So I have five sisters. Okay, and for a minute, I wanted to do stand up, and I had like a list of like jokes, and I was like, "Listen, I'm real funny," and I started giving them jokes, and they just were like tearing it. Usually, shreds, I can tell I can tell you this as someone shreds. as someone who would also say the same thing. Listen, I'm really funny. Yeah. When you start out like that, it usually it doesn't, doesn't go, go that yeah. great. Because yeah, I I, mean, I, even, I do that myself. Even actually. someone you you know, Josh Whitaker, who actually doesn't live in Wilmington, 
Um, he's not a Wilmingtonian, folks. Folks, he's, Josh Whitaker's not a Wilmingtonian. He never lived in Wilmington. I don't know why he feels the need to comment on it. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> but um, when I was getting ready for my stump speech, I was like typing it up and everything, and like I was like, "What do you think?" And he's like, "How long is it supposed to be?" And I told him, and he's like, "This is not enough." <laughs> And, and I got really was, freaked out. I was like, oh, my God. Like, it's like a couple of days from now. And I was like, well, I was thinking about doing this joke. What do you think of it? <laughs> and I tell him the joke. And he just looked at me like so serious. You have to tell me the joke. Now. No, I'm not. It's you not have funny. to do. You can't bring it's it up. It's not funny. And not tell, that, I know. I know. Fun, whether it's funny or not is irrelevant of whether you have to tell it now. It wasn't supposed to be like a like a you know knee slapper kind of joke. It was just supposed to lighten it up a little. And what I was gonna say was so everyone should know this at this point because it was in my video. But uh, I went to public school for middle, and when it was time for me to go to high school, my parents were faced with a difficult, difficult decision. I for, watched that video for you very Delaware closely. liberal commenters who want to be a holes. I act like I <laughs> act like I'm talking about charter schools as a savior. I took care of um, that. Yeah, thank you, Rob. Um, but it was a difficult decision. And so my like little joke or whatever was going to be, you know, and I didn't make that easy on my parents. I wanted to go to school with my friends. Right. But I didn't, I didn't put enough emphasis on like the, I didn't make that easy kind of part. And I tried to do it, but it was really corny and just kind of clunky. And Josh just looked at me like, this is sad. Like so I thought you would do good. Is the moral of the really story bad. that Josh Whitaker somehow like He's can write or me. deliver a speech? I can barely put I like mean, a thing is that I can barely put a sentence together. About the length thing, he was incorrect. He <laughs> well, doesn't no, know wait, how wait, long wait. it takes. I mean, I don't like to take this. I don't I don't sometimes I don't like this to be a like every week bash on Josh, <laughs> but it, is he like some sort of like is he looking at these speeches and like giving you feedback? Well, so so to, I mean the guys fair, I right? mean, let's be honest, he's not like you know he's not Lincoln or anything. Is he? I mean, to be fair, he is white. So that is he has a lot in common with Lincoln, um, but just that. Yeah, just he's white. He's, he's a he man. also wears a uh, steam pipe hat sometimes. That, sometimes. Uh, it's very facial strange. hair. Um, yeah, from America, but he basically was like, "You got to put more work into this. Like, you, this is it's missing. Like the, I don't know. I appreciated his feedback. The main reason I'm bringing him up now so we can make fun of him is because he actually wished me good luck going on to the show." And so I thought it would be funny <laughs> if we just gave him a little little Easter egg or whatever. That guy. Um, he gets too many Easter he eggs. He was like, did you go on the show yet? <laughs> and I was like, why? You want me to mention something? <laughs> and he was like, no, I'm just going to wish you luck. So thanks, Josh. <laughs> thanks, Josh, you piece of shit. <laughs> nice. You living outside of the city limits, you. Yeah, you non-Wilmington. Fucking North Wilmington asshole. <laughs> Bob so, Dole sign making motherfucker. <laughs> I just like how whenever we bring it up, if Carl Sarah, he'll just be like, "Guy voted for Bob Dole." Wait, oh my god! So wait, how funny. old is Josh? He didn't actually vote for Bob Dole. He didn't. He made a Bob Dole sign back. His when he father was, was a Bob Dole supporter, That's and I think cute. he he handmade a Bob Dole sign. I think that was the story. That's cute. Why are you guys making fun of people who get involved in the electoral? Are you guys against you, electoral? Politics? I mean, is that what I'm hearing? I'm against getting involved for Bob Dole specifically. Yeah, oh, okay. you can do anything as long as you don't support Bob Dole. Yeah. Is Bob Dole dead? He's dead, right? Anything? No, he's still anything. alive. Is he? Hmm. He was at the 2016 uh, convention. 
Or did he just die? Shit. Like, I mean, he, like, the guy was not in the greatest of health. Betty White's still alive. Maybe he did die. Maybe he did die. I love that. No, he's still alive. 96. Wait, have you seen that? This is completely random, but have you guys seen the video? Isaiah's going to get this. Of um, this little kid. I think it was maybe Game of Thrones or something. It was like after somebody died. And this little kid just kept saying, did he die? Did he die? And like, <laughs> it's like a compilation of him asking throughout the day. <laughs> and like the last, <laughs> the last scene of this like, I don't know, 20 second compilation is like the lights are out and this kid's getting put to sleep. And he's like... I think he may have been like Jon Snow or something. I didn't even watch the show. I didn't either. But it was one of those moments where everybody was like, no. And like even this little kid was like, did he die? You're like, he's not. He's gone. Did he die? <laughs> Google so, that. <laughs> so so uh, before we before we wrap up, I, I, I just want to give you an opportunity to sort of like if your stump speech is short enough. I mean, if you want to give us some highlights to sort of like, what are you going to be your key sort of campaign points when you when you sort of yeah. go to the doors or you're talking to press or whatever you're doing? What are some of the things you're focusing on that are most important to you that you're going to be harping on again and we're going to hear again and again and again? Yeah. So we talked about equitable education. That's number one. And that's not just changing the funding system so that it's equitable, but also having universal pre-K, um, professionalizing and like giving people who work as um, child care providers a livable wage. That's really important to me. Um, affordable health care. Health care is a human right. And so there are things we can do at the state level to make that happen. Of course, the national level could help there too. Um, housing is really important. Um, and so we talked about Glasgow courts a little bit. But one thing that we want to do when we get in office next year, inshallah, is... Um, uh, Expand protections. <laughs> Are you laughing at my religion, Rob? <laughs> yeah, that was it. Are That's you exactly laughing at my beliefs? I'm, I'm leaving. I can't believe you would say that. Um, no, like, so we want to expand protections for people who rent and people who rent the land under their homes that they own. So that's something that we're looking at. We want to protect our environment. We want to protect our coastal zones, uh, not gut them. Um, we want to end corporate welfare. I know you don't like that, but <laughs> I don't like that. I love that. <laughs> but like the the expression, calling it that. Uh, look, but no, like... I love calling it that. No, I like to call it out <laughs> because that's what it is. Like whatever whatever can be done to paint this picture of like sort of the again the systemic things here are the root of the problem, right? And I think speaking uh, openly about them is correct. I don't shy away from that. Yeah, I have a career in in corporate America. I I'm out of it now. I hope never to go back. Uh, and if somebody's problem is, you know, if somebody on the internet, you know, Man, his problem is that out. somebody I worked for did something bad, they're right. They did. And if, they're, if their point is that we're all complicit in some fashion and we all should work to stop it, then they're right. I don't think that's their point. But, at, but I, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. For, so for, for sure. I mean, one thing that I could have talked about earlier that I saw working down there was, you know, we give taxpayer money away to corporations in the hopes that they'll keep jobs here just for them to pick up and leave. And so I think it's really important that if we're going to try to use tax incentives to keep businesses here, that we actually get a guarantee 
that they're going to do something for us. Um, so that's when I talk about corporate welfare, that's what that's what I'm talking about. Um, what else do we want to do? So making sure that our state is safe and welcoming to people from no matter where they're coming from and like safe communities, legislation, that kind of thing. That's really important to us. Um, we're going to be sitting down and talking with folks about criminal justice reform because that's a major issue in our state. But we don't want to have unintended consequences like we've had in the past. So it's really important that we sit down and talk to folks about that. Um, it looks like we're moving in the right direction in that on that one, but hey, it's still the establishment running the show, so <laughs> I'm not super optimistic. Yeah, the systemic the structures are still there, so you always have to be sort of uh, yeah. on guard. Because... I think it's really important. For not just in criminal justice, but in a lot of policy areas for us to have legislative fixes for things. So, like, we talk about equitable education. There's a lawsuit going on right now, right? And I think most listeners probably are privy to that. Um, it's not enough for a court to mandate something. We have legislators who should be changing the system themselves so that all students in Delaware get the, the education that they deserve. And I am worried that if we just get one of those Band-Aid fixes because of a court order that, you know, people are going to go about their business and we're still going to have the same broken system. So our approach is, you know, to use the power that comes with being in this in the legislature to make a difference and not to wait for the courts, not to wait for whatever else to make it happen. We want to make that happen. I love it. Folks, uh, we've come to the end of this conversation, but we haven't wait, come wait, to wait, the wait, end wait, of this wait. conversation. Oh, as wait. a campaign manager, I have to do the plug. Um, <laughs> do the plug. I was so, give us money. <laughs> so money is one thing. Uh, we will have a link at the donation to donate. Another big thing, if you live in Delaware, and I imagine most people who are listening to this I live, in Delaware. live in Delaware. If you don't live in Delaware and you're listening to this, I'm not sure what you're. Actually, we do have uh, we we do have one uh, very uh, activist of some renown who is a. Uh, patron of this uh, show who lives in Philadelphia. Okay, well, oh, that's that's acceptable. You. But if you live in the, the general area, then you should also volunteer. We're going to have a link for that as well. Uh, we can always use people who come out the canvas, make phone calls, yeah. do other stuff like that. It sounds really tough before you do it, but believe it me... It sounds terrifying. Look, I know he's making it seem more simple than it is. It sounds terrifying. It's not. It's actually a lot of fun. People are really nice. They'll love you, so just don't be scared. We're a great crowd. Yeah, um, and it's really important because this is a grassroots campaign. Um, we just hit our ten thousand um, dollar fundraising, uh, which is crazy. Saw, for saw two that today. Weeks in. Yeah, um, and we've knocked on almost two thousand doors. We're doing we're doing a lot of stuff, uh, but we can always use more help because you know that first few weeks they're always so exciting, and then you look ahead at the calendar and there's 10 months to go, and it's like, oh my god! Literally but we here. need people every weekend. We need people every week doing this stuff or it's not going to happen. So if you can give one weekend a month, if you give two weekends a month, anything that you can do to help out to make this change, we really need to engage the community. This is um, a lot of disenfranchised people. We need to talk to them and we need to make sure that their voices are heard. Right. Um, and we need people like you to do that. So those are my plugs. And also give money. Yeah, money. We love money. We want your money. We're not taking any corporate PAC donations, so anything that we get is from people like you. Yeah. Shout out to Rob for being one of our founding donors. Yeah. <laughs> I just went all in from the fucking jump. I mean, why not? 
Um, what, what have we learned today? We've learned that um, I'm an idiot. Uh, I'm <laughs> thought bigot. I was I thought I was doing something <laughs> funny, but I'm actually the Antichrist. Uh, I use what I thought was like just a term of like just a, a figure of speech, but it actually means that I'm a phony. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, we've gone and done it again. We've, so we've, we learned nothing today. Yeah, actually, I was just going to say the same thing. We've gone and basically learned what we learn every week. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's why you keep coming back. Yeah. Uh, thanks, everybody. And th- thanks, you guys, for coming in. Isaiah, thanks yeah, for coming, man. I really appreciate us. it. Uh, as we know, left is best. Lula Livre. Talk to you soon. Bye.